I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast. Not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but just a bunch of guys who love the local nine and enjoy talking baseball. And of course, the reigning and defending World Series champion, Chicago Cubs. How you doing? I'm Anna Catulli, and with me as always is my buddy Rice Cube. How you doing, man? I'm doing fine. Just uh, hanging out. You know, uh, we had a big day of dissecting frogs. That was a lot of fun. That was always a fun and interesting day in biology class. Yeah, they wanted to do, like, pigs and stuff, and I'm just like, dude, CPS is broke. What are you guys talking about? Frogs are cheap. <laughs> yeah, just go out to the pond in the back. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we we had a good time, so I think the kids enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed not actually having to teach, just making sure they didn't stab themselves in that. That was fun. But nobody wants to hear about that. They want to hear about the Cubs. So we need a plan. Yes, yes we do. No emails? Absolutely not. We got a bunch of lazy listeners. Yeah, I mean, we're doing this stuff for you for free, gosh darn it. I guess we should we should actually be thankful that anybody actually listens to this stuff. But, you know, we're, we're getting at least 50 downloads for each episode, which is pretty awesome for a small outfit like us. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. We're grateful to everybody that listens. Yeah, definitely. And we know that it's not all just me or you because, you know, I do download from all the different areas just to make sure it works. So that maybe accounts for like five of the downloads. So let's say at least 45 more people actually listen. I'll take 45 over none. Yep, that's better than zero. So... Anyway, the plan. Uh, we can talk about that uh, kind of ridiculous rainouts situation we had um, last weekend. We were both at that game that was that wasn't. Yeah, we were so, supposed to meet inside. We both have hang out, but yeah. We both have our takes on that. Indeed. That was just a mess. Okay, so number two, uh, Jason Hayward's interference call. What the heck was that? Screwed. All right. That could have cost us the game today. Or, oh, but today, no, it was yesterday. That was yesterday. Yeah, last night. Yeah. But today was also a good game, so yay, the sizzling Cubs. And finally, uh, about today, well, this is Thursday's afternoon's game, Eddie Butler and Mike Montgomery piggybacking. That was a great dominating pitching performance, man. Well, it's not dominating, but it certainly was effective. And two pitchers? I, 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 yeah, I think uh, you you have two pitchers who saved the rest of the bullpen and basically kept the Giants to one run. I, I, I think you could say dominating. It was effective at the very least, but uh, we can argue dominating. Very effective. Yeah. So that sounds like a good plan. What you said? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Sounds good. All right, here we go. It was more than just a game. So, hey, last Saturday, like, uh, after Friday's ridiculous rain-through game that the Cubs lost, Saturday, uh, we both stood out in Wrigley Field, like me and my family, you and yours, and I think 
I saw Crawley in line right in front of me. He didn't like recognize that I was there, even though I was like, "Hey, I I can see Crawley." Hey, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we were standing in the rain for like two or three hours in line, waiting for the gates to open. And the minute before the gates were supposed to open, this guy comes out. Pretty much, I, I guess it was at the same time at your gate, but we were at gate D, which is on Sheffield and Addison, and they were just like, okay, they're going to let us in, yay, we can buy our hot dogs and wait out this rain, and then, no, we're uh, shut off, we're shut down. Yeah, I was over at gate H, inside the park of the park. New yeah. feature at Wrigley, if you haven't been there, you guys, I highly suggest you go check it out, it's fantastic, it's beautiful. They got food trucks. They got a nice little standalone bar. They got tables. Fantastic place. Yes. But we were actually there front in line, like you. We've been there for like two, three hours, all to get that damn bobblehead. And the gates were actually open. They were setting stuff up. They had all the bobbleheads out of the box, getting ready to us in. And then, literally, when we're about to go through the doors, they slammed the doors shut. They start putting all the bobbleheads in. One of the attendants come out and goes, guys, we're sorry. They decided to call the game. Yeah. People were not happy. People were complaining left and right. Yeah. I feel bad for, like, the Brewer fans. They came down from Milwaukee, kind of, sort of, not really because they're Brewer fans. But, hey, screw them. But it still sucks to make that trip. Indeed. Like, I had at my gates a few people who said they were out of town. Some came from Des Moines, which is quite yeah. exact. Like, if you uh, map the distance from here to Des Moines, it's like a six-hour drive. So that is quite a drive. And the fact that they had to reschedule it from a weekend game, which a lot more people can get to, to a weekday game, no matter if it's in summer vacation or not, like some people actually have to work. Like maybe the kids can go and maybe you could get like a few more days off, but people have to work during the weekdays. Yeah, that would be me. (laughs) So we got to take care of you, man, because if I understand it right, it's July 6th. Is, Thursday. It's a Thursday. And were you able to talk to your season ticket rep about that? Uh, Apparently a lot of season ticket holders called their reps because after we emailed them, uh-huh. they said, yeah, I'll put your name on the list. The I list. Can't make an, I make no promises, but I'll see what I can do for you. But I have a family member who has a father-in-law that's coming into town who's going to take his grandson her son, to the game. We told them they can have the tickets for free if they get the bobbleheads. Just give it to us. We'll give you back your money. All right. But, so we got somebody who's going to attempt it. Okay. Well, let me know how it goes because uh, since my family and I can definitely go, like it's summer vacation for us, so I'm a teacher. I, I don't technically have to work. Like we do work over the summer. Like we have to plan for the next year, so don't – you know, think that we <laughs> have that month or two off completely. But, um, yeah, we there's three of us, so we can always spare, like, you know, one or two bobbleheads and keep the other one for ourselves. Like, we don't mind doing that for a well, Don't you still have the three – you still have your three tickets, right? We that do. That you can use for that day? Yeah, so we're all going. If my, ne- if my cousin can't use them, uh-huh. I could always give you the other two. 
Then you have five. Right. You just bring a couple of people with you that don't care about bobbleheads or just want to see a game. That's well, if my cousin doesn't want them. Okay. Well, well, we'll figure that out later. But just that way, you that, guys get your bobbleheads. We uh, get ours, and everybody's happy. Yeah. As uh, then we can throw maybe one or two on eBay, but you know, like for us, I, I think we we probably set up a contest or something for the spare bobblehead, and maybe uh, give another to a friend, like you know, Alyssa and Peoria. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I would love to get one for them. They're helping me and Valerie out a lot with their wedding. They give us a bunch of stuff that we can use for it. Always nice to save money. But so, yeah, you, definitely forget an extra one. So, uh, I'm That's reading good. through the Twitters, and just, you know, you type in Cubs Rain or Cubs Reschedule, and there's this guy. It's, uh, there, there's a radio guy who's, who said something like, the Cubs use weather as an excuse to cancel a game they didn't feel like playing, and they rescheduled it to a day that entirely favors them. How how does it favor the Cubs to basically know that there are you know at least ten thousand people storming the gates uh, two hours before first pitch to get the bobblehead? It's on a weekend, and now they rescheduled it on a weekday where they're gonna get slightly fewer gate receipts. Uh, yeah, it's during the summer, but still, yet again, people have to work. How does it favor them? Well, the tickets are, are already sold. Uh-huh. So, they've already made their money that way. So, it doesn't really matter how many people show up or not. 5,000 people could show up. They still sold probably about 40,000 tickets for that game. Yeah, it's the concessions, though. The concessions and whatnot. And I, I, I kind of get it because now the Brewers have to come back into town on a day that they didn't want to. But at the same and time... And it's going to be warm weather... And Cubs hitters would love to bat in, say, 90-degree weather as opposed to 50. Right. Well, I, I can sort of see why they would think it was favorable, but at the same time, like, everybody wanted to play. It doesn't make sense, you know, for them to just cancel it right like that. <laughs> no, especially not when the next day, I believe, not the next day, but what Tuesday night. I was there. It rained pretty much throughout the entire ball game. Yeah. And they didn't even... They postponed it an hour, but they still played it in the rain. Yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes well, the rain was like absolutely no sense. I mean, it wasn't a torrential downpour. Like, we sat in line in a downpour, oh, in a and there was downpour. thunder, thunderbolts and lightning and everything, right? It, it was, like, at least... Uh, well, I, I mean, at the very most, it was like two or three miles away from us. That was how loud the lightning was. So it was a bad storm. And then it dissipated. And it's just like, and well. it never came back. Oh, here, here's the risk, right? You can say, oh, I, I want to keep on playing this. I want to storm through it. I want to sell two hours worth of concessions before I cancel the game. And everybody gets their bobbleheads and then you could go home. But... Uh, then you've already sold the bobbleheads. You don't have any more incentive for them to come back for, you know, the makeup, right? So I kind of see that from a business point of view as well. Because 
the bobbleheads are the hook to get you in the door so that you can pay through the nose for, you know, cheap beer and, uh, you know, hot dogs and whatever snacks and stuff that they have inside. So I kind of get that. And I also get the point with uh, the Chicago weather. Like, you never know if this rain is going to disappear for good or if it's going to come back even worse. And, yeah. you know, we were looking at the weather bug and we were just saying, eh, it looks like they're going to play this game. I feel like they're going to play this game. And then the other thing that we were thinking is, well, maybe the field is just completely screwed because with all that downpour, there's only so much drainage system can do. So maybe that's why they they bang the game, right? So, I, I, yeah. yeah. I, but getting back to the food real quick, I'm not sure. Next time you're at Wrigley, go uh, to the Marquee Grill. Get the marquee melt. It is fantastic. Hmm, I wonder if this is the one that the wife was salivating over because she was looking at some of the Cubs tweets and it. Oh yeah, probably is. It's got like smoked brisket inside grilled cheese. Huh. It is phenomenal. Awesome. It does have onions. So if you're not a, if you're not an onion fan, you'd probably best asking them to hold the onions on it. But it is absolutely phenomenal. Well, I can tolerate onions. Onions are fine. Yeah, it's definitely worth. It. It's kind of expensive. It's like twelve bucks for a sandwich, but they cut it in half. You can share it with somebody. But it's get there before in like the first hour, save twenty five percent. Ten bucks for a sandwich, pretty damn good. It tastes great, fantastic. Wonderful. There's my cheap plug for the day, Cubs. Give yeah. me a free sandwich next time I'm out. Well, they'll it's well worth it. They'll definitely, definitely give well us a free soda. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to some of that. Like, usually I just get my cheap processed nachos and a bag of peanuts, and that's it for me. So I, I'm not a big spender at the ballpark because I know how ludicrously overpriced everything is. But, you know. Okay, I, well, I, now you, you know how to get the free sodas. Whether or not you feel guilty about it or not, it's free soda. They rip you off and many other concessions. Yep. <laughs> but so yeah, take the free soda. You and your wife can both sign up. One of you guys can give the drink to the to the boy. Yeah. It's, any place, anywhere you can save money and get something free, it's good. Yeah. This is uh, one of those times when you kind of wish Wrigley Field had a roof so we didn't have to go back in July. But then again, you know, July <laughs> sounds like a lot better. And we we actually uh, we should be able to have you know a much better time in the sun than in the rain. And watch this game get rained out again. I swear, Chicago oh, weather is nuts. <laughs> but uh, I feel like this next time they kind of have to play through it because the Cubs and the Brewers have absolutely no more uh, no. No more mutual off days, and the Brewers also don't come back to Wrigley until September. So if they bang the game in July, they they don't get to make it up until like a doubleheader in December. Or I'm sorry, September. December yeah. baseball in Chicago would be nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. There was one guy at my gate. I feel really bad for. You you could tell he was like physically challenged and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I do a lot of work with. Him with the special needs community. So I felt really bad for this guy. He was probably the most visually and vocally upset. Talk about how hard it was for him to get there. Just give me my bobblehead 
with an expletive thrown in there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't imagine that. Like, a lot of people have trouble. Like, I I work with a colleague who's disabled. She's actually pretty chipper about it, you know, despite her hardship. But, yeah, it's it's hard to see, like, how much you have to go through. So if you are disabled and, you know, physically challenged like that, it, I, I can totally understand the frustration. Like, for oh, us, definitely, definitely. for us already, we were so displeased, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty mellow guy, and we made the most of that day. We went shopping, and we went out for some, you know, Vietnamese food, and that that was fine. But we, we really were looking forward to this game. We, we've been looking forward to it since, like, single ticket game, uh, single game tickets went on sale uh, several yeah. months ago. So it, it was a bummer. It was. I mean... Anytime there's no baseball, it's a bummer. Mm-hmm. But when you're standing outside in the pouring rain for an hour and a half, two hours, and then right as you're about to go in so you can at least get out of the rain, they slam the doors right in your face. Our our gates never even open, so you, you guys got an even rawer deal than we did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like 20, maybe an hour before that, we were talking to one of the ushers, asking if we we're going to get let in early because of the rain and the thunder and all that. He said, yeah, yeah, we just don't know when. Lies. Well, I'm sure they, they were trying not to, you know, cut the game if they could. But, yeah, they, they might have been thinking about the field conditions and the fact that, you know, uh, a couple of their guys were coming back from injury and they didn't want to, to deal with that. Beauty and the history in this cathedral The sky so blue against the grass so green Like time stood still forever Speaking of the guy who came back from injury, uh, Jason Hayward's back and he's hit pretty well. Oh, fantastic. Much better than last year. He's already got five home runs and did he hit five last year? Uh, I think he had six. So, yeah, he's definitely much better than last year. Definitely. And that makes our lineup even more dangerous. The other day, he Madden had Addison Russell hitting eighth. Mm-hmm. Russell was their cleanup hitter for a lot of games last year. And if he's hitting eighth, damn, watch out, man. Oh, I lied. He had seven home runs last year. So, Jason Hayward had seven. Yeah, last year is easy to forget for him. Yeah, the interesting thing about him, though, is that because he played both uh, right and center, uh, and he played it so well, he got the gold glove and everything, and it was much-deserved gold glove, not a Rafael Palmero gold glove, mind you. Uh, he was actually worth positive value, so he was worth uh, over one win, despite the fact that he hit like crap. So this year, he's almost uh, he's almost matched his last year's... Uh, wins above a replacement, and today should only raise that. So he is starting to really uh, come around. And, and he's hitting the ball with authority. Yeah. He's not just elevating it. He's elevating it with power. I mean, he's still hitting the occasional grounder because everybody's going to hit their fair share of grounders. Right. But he's getting some serious lift on the ball, and it's going far. Yeah, 
And if even he can if wind he up does, with twenty yeah. some home runs this year, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I'm okay with double digits. Like he's the kind of guy where you don't you know, you don't need him to hit for like a ton of power, but if he can do, you know, 15, 20, maybe even 25, that would be amazing. Like he, we know in the past he's been capable of hitting 20, 20 plus home runs. So it's not an impossibility. And with, you know, the fielding, the base running, and just, you know, overall baseball intelligence, he's a very valuable player. Absolutely. I mean, he is showing us what we expected last year. Maybe not as good of a batting average, but he's giving everything he has, and he's not disappointing this year. Yeah. Like, his batting line is not not too far off from his career batting line, and I think his career batting line, unfortunately, got dragged down by last year. But uh, he, he he's pretty consistent with uh, what he's shown over his career, so I, I feel oh, yeah. like... If you can get 270, 15 to 20 home runs, I'll say that's that's worth what we're paying for, yeah. for yeah. especially with that defense. Yeah, and he's still getting on base. He should have gotten on base uh, on Wednesday night, except for the fact Posed. that... So let's uh, talk about the situation, right? Uh, I think Bryant was on second, uh, Rizzo was on first, and... He, uh, Jason Hayward was at bat, and he hit a grounder with one out that hugged the line, and because everybody hustles on those plays, he was able to beat out the throw, and the throw hit him in the leg while he was on the bag. So he was already on the bag when the throw hit him, right? And that yep. allowed the way, and Bryant was able to score. Uh, what? what could have been an insurance run. And thankfully, it didn't mess with the Cubs. But the application of the rule was so... It was so stupid. And I still haven't seen a press release showing what uh, Major League Baseball thought of that. And I, I don't know if uh, if the Cubs themselves uh, said anything about that. So I haven't read anything about that yet. Uh, maybe you can look it up. But let's read the rule. Uh, in running... This is uh, Rule 5.09A with Common 11. So, in running the last half of the distance from home base to first base, while the ball is being fielded to first base, the player runs outside to the right of the three-foot line or inside the foul line, and in the umpire's judgment, in doing so, interferes with the fielder taking the throw at first base, in which case the ball is dead. However... For all all that uh, all of his run, his hustle down from the box all the way to first base, it looked like Hayward was staying within that three foot lane. Like you can see the lane being painted just to the right, uh, relative to to the home plate, just to the right of the baseline, right? So yeah. he was in there all the way, and the only way he can reach the bag without, like, basically killing himself or tripping over his own feet. Like, you can overrun first base, but obviously you don't want anybody to hurt themselves. And this rule is designed to make sure that you don't hurt yourself because you need to step on first base. Like, that's the rule. In order to be safe, you have to step through first base. You can overrun it. 
So this is the next part of uh, comment 11. Except that he may run outside to the right of the three-foot line or inside to the left of the foul line to avoid a fielder attempting to field a batted ball. He didn't do that. Like, by the time Matt... Uh, Matt Moore had gotten to the ball, he was already on the bag. Or he was way past him, so he wasn't even avoiding the fielder. He didn't actually veer back into the path of the ball until he had to touch first base. So the comment here is that the lines marking the three-foot lane are part of the lane, and a batter runner is required to have both feet within the three-foot lane or on the bit lines marking the lane. The batter runner is permitted, this is important, to permitted to exit the three-foot lane by means of a step, stride, reach, or slide in the immediate vicinity of first base for the sole purpose of touching first base. And he absolutely did that. Like, But I, I had to look at it, the replay like six times, but I don't see how anybody could call interference on Jason Hayward there. Yeah, unfortunately, it's a judgment call, which means it's a non-reviewable play. If it was able to be, be reviewed... They would have reversed it, and Rizzo would have been on third. Bryant would have scored. Rizzo probably would have scored because he would have been on third with with nobody out. I think it was one out, correct? I think it was no yeah. outs at that time. Uh, even but, so, like a sack fly scores him. So, you know, yeah. like... Yeah, so the Alms pretty much took two runs away from the Cubs at least. And this is uh, after, like, we were talking about how well Hayward hit. He missed a three-run homer by about two feet. So Yeah. And then to have that call. And so he was ruled out with interference. Rizzo had to go back to first. Ryan back to second. The umps took at least bare minimum one run off the board. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of rough. And thankfully it didn't come back to haunt the Cubs, but... Yeah, I'm just reading this rule. Like, you heard what I said. Like, he is allowed to take that step, and he didn't take that step until the very, very end. And so, like, judgment caller, no, they're, that's that's bad judgment. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I think the home, plate, the home plate umpire might have known the first base ump screwed that up because they kind of got a gift called third strike. At yeah. the end of the game to close it out. Yeah, it was borderline not... though. It wasn't super egregious, so I, I feel like that. Yeah, I don't think I yeah. could have let the game end on that pitch though if I was an umpire. Fair and enough. If it's borderline, yeah. I'm not sure I would have let the game end on that one. Yeah. Per se. But hey, Cubs yeah. got it. Cubs win. So the ump screw up doesn't really matter in the long run. You do uh, recall that Theo Epstein has been named to like MLB's competition committee, right? Yep. So I think he's allowed to talk about like you know logistics and maybe even rule changes uh, to benefit the game. So this might be one of those times where you say, okay, I, I get certain judgment calls, but there are calls that you can make, especially when they can review slides into second base, which kind of screwed the Cubs when Hap overslid the base against the Cardinals that yeah, one that, time. there was a bullshit rule itself. What right. was he supposed to do? Just stay there and let the guy come down on his head? Right. That rule and, needs to be fixed as well. Yeah, like I, I think there there has to be some, you know, accountability for the runner to not injure the 
oh, the middle infielder, and a, they, they, they should try to hug the bag, but he definitely absolutely. overslips the bag. It's a good bag, rule, yeah. but it needs to be fixed so it's not as – I mean, that rule, too, is – and it depends upon the interpretation by that particular umpire. Right. But nothing's ever perfect, and I don't expect it to be. I just want it to be more precise. Yeah. Give us a clear definition of what's what. Yeah, I, I feel like that part needs to have judgment taken away because if you are going to call a play dead anyway, you have time to review it, and you have time to say, okay, you know, based on what I see – uh, he he should not have been called out for interference because there was no interference, and maybe there should be a stipulation that everybody just gets one bag and he's safe. Because I understand what the judgment calls you. You have to be careful with that because baseball is such a fluid game. Once the ball is in play, that it's hard to say, okay, well, he definitely would have scored in my judgment. Wink, wink. You know, so I have to award him a certain number of bases, and I totally understand that part of uh, of the rule because there are certain calls that probably should not be reviewable, like you know, uh, double down the line. Uh, if I called a foul the first time and the manager challenges, now it's ground rule double. So you can't just like assume that a guy's gonna score, right? Yeah, it's like so, a ball in the ivy. Right. You can't assume. A guy's going to score from first, even if it is the great Billy Hamilton. Right. Yeah, that was kind of cool. You can't assume. <laughs> he would have, but you can't assume. Yeah. And so I, I think that there, there's a lot of argument about that. I, I feel like there are certain plays, especially like that one, if you're trying to make the bag and the ball gets, you know, gets thrown away. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's a little wiggle room in there, but uh, the, let, let's change the rule so that on plays like that when he's obviously in the three-foot la- three lane area along first baseline and he only steps in on the, the bag. This is literally what the rule says, and that's seriously what Jason Hayward did. Like Basically, the umpire seemed to have misinterpreted the rule, and that's what's the most frustrating thing of all. Well, it, it didn't uh, it didn't harm the Cubs, and in fact, the Cubs have won three straight after uh, a- after a wacky weekend against Milwaukee. Yeah, the, the Cubs are playing great right now. It's like they finally snapped out of spring training mode. Yeah, They're playing yeah. like the team that we know and love, only better. And I know uh, you you think San Francisco has a losing record right now. Their lineup isn't that bad. Like, uh, Panic's good. Uh, Crawford has shown to be good. And Buster Posey is perennial all-star. So they have really tough hitters in that lineup. And the pitching isn't, like, super horrible either. But uh, for whatever reason, they've scuffled. And, you know, the Cubs basically took advantage of that, except for that weird start uh, on Monday that Lackey had because the wind was blowing out. This is like the second time 
uh, like he started at Wrigley, that the wind has blown up. And when that happens, like because he's a pitch-to-contact kind of guy, he just doesn't mess around, and he gives up a lot of fly balls, some of them are going to land in the basket, and there's nothing really you could do about that. Like For the most part, he did what you expect Blackheat to do, and that it was kind of unfortunate that the Cubs couldn't do the same against, uh, I think it was Ty Block on Monday. Sounds about right. Yeah. But it, it was kind of cool. Like, even though they lost 6-4, to four, they had the tying run at the plate to end the game. And, it, you know, that's something that they've done. Like, even when they started the scuffling, they, they always seem to have either the tying run or the winning run at the plate every time they, they mm-hmm. uh, were losing a game. That's something we've come to expect from the Cubs over the past two, three years. Yeah, they even have we Since never 2015, yeah. the second half of 2015, you couldn't count them out until the final out. Yeah. That's how good this team is, and it's only getting better. Hap is here to stay, I think. Yeah, he's, he's striking he's out quite a bit, and so is Schwarber, but I think they are getting such good uh, plate appearances. Their process is so good that... They, they probably won't be sent down. Like, people have been talking about what's option Schwarber, and it's like, no, I don't <laughs> think you do something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's only one guy at this moment I think they'd option, and it has nothing to do with how good or how bad he's doing, and that's Elmora, because they need to get him some regular, consistent at-bats. Right. I mean, I'd love to have him in the in the outfield every day with Hayward and, and Hap, those three, that might would be the best defensive outfield in baseball. Yeah, yeah even so, like, uh, they seem to be able to get that bats going again. Like, we talked about Hayward earlier. He's heating up. Uh, Javi Baez is getting some really good hits. Uh, and Rizzo is just on fire. Yeah. He has four home runs in his past five games. Yeah, he didn't homer on Thursday, but he did get a couple more hits. He got like a double and a single, correct? Yeah. Yeah. He's heating up. Brian's doing what Brian does. Schwarber's starting to hit a bit better now that he's in the two-hole. Hayward's hitting great. Yeah. Uh, Zobris is hitting very well in the leadoff spot. Russell seems to be starting to hit better, too. Everybody Miguel Montero is, is yeah. hitting well for the Cubs. The Cubs bats are starting to come to life, and that's dangerous for teams around baseball. Yeah, you notice how uh, it seems like with more regular rest, because uh, before Miguel Montero was the regular catcher, and then he got kind of demoted. Uh, so, the third string. Yeah, but to this time this year, like there is no third string except for Kyle Schwarber in a mop-up game, right? So yeah. uh, Miguel Montero is essentially the backup to Wilson Contreras, and he's had more regular rest, and I, I think it's helped him uh, get that back going. Yeah, he's playing like two games a week, maybe three. So him and Contreras are almost splitting time. Yeah. About 60-40, 70-30, somewhere around there. Yeah, that sounds but, about right. He is definitely hitting the ball much but much better. Yeah. Still not too great on defense and throwing guys out, but no, he's here for his yeah. bat. 
Yeah, he's uh, good at framing and mentoring Wilson Contreras. So I think, like, this is last year of his deal. Like, then we'll see whether they decide to use Schwarber as a backup or if they call up Victor Caratini. <laughs> I think it's going to be Caratini the backup. Yeah, he's he's looking pretty good. Yeah. But we have to talk to Tommy a bit, see how well he's doing. But, yeah. I definitely see him as being the backup catcher next year. Yeah, because he, he's doing uh, very well. I think uh, defense-wise, he's definitely all right. Uh, offensively speaking, he's hitting 342, 385, 516 in Iowa. Obviously, in the Pacific Coast League, you got some you know launch pads in like Colorado Springs and Albuquerque and Reno and whatnot. But uh, Iowa is relatively neutral, and to have that kind of line is is still pretty impressive, especially for a catcher. So he's, you know, I guess he hasn't had to take his walks because he's hitting the ball so well, but uh, he does take, take enough walks to, you know, keep his on base, like, relatively high above his batting average. Yeah, if- he doesn't take walks. He probably won't fit in too well up here. Yeah. Madden likes guys that draw walks. And, and like he handles the pitchers in AAA pretty well based on what I've read. So it, it, it sounds like if anybody is going to come up, it would be him. And I believe he came over on the uh, Vizcaino trade, correct? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a trade that keeps on giving with uh, you know Tommy Lastella getting a few clutch hits. He's still in Iowa, and Caratini is here as well. So that that that's nice. I, I really like the fact that uh, this front office seems to know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, I mean, every year they find somebody to bring up, and it just is fun. Yeah. I mean, we lose Fowler, who's a key part of last year, but hey, here's. Here's Ian Happ playing center for you and yep. looking good doing it. Next year, thanks for the memories, Miggy. Thanks for the World Series. Hey, here's Caratini. <laughs> Next year, another year after that, Hayward might opt out. Hey, here's Jimenez. Yeah. He's outfield, right, Jimenez? I believe so. Infield? Oh, no, Victor Caratini came over in the James Russell and Bonifacio trade. So that's a different mm-hmm. trade. Tommy Listella was the Vizcaino trade, which, which still, again, like they're a very good series of trades. Uh, it started with like the Sean Marshall trade for, for Travis Wood. For Travis and, Wood. Yeah, it's just amazing. Then we trade like Geo and Dempster and, and that whole posse down to Texas. Yeah. We get C.J. Edwards and that. Coming back, we get. Uh, oh, that was C.J. Edwards. No, Garza was that uh, C.J. Edwards. Dempster got us Hendricks, Kyle Hendricks. So that oh. that was a great trade. Thanks, oh. Dempster. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to keep track of all these because it's just There's like every so time. Great trades, except for the whole e. Ian Stewart trade, which everybody still hates, you know. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. But uh, every time they trade, it seems like they're getting something back. Like, even if not all the players in the package uh, work out, 
like at least you one of them is one shining. One guy. Yeah. So like you know Justin Grimm, sure he's in Iowa right now, but he was instrumental in last year's World Series team. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's a big deal. Like uh, this is a a front office that you trust, and we were just talking about the sizzling Cubs after the Cubs were scut- struggling for so long, and you just trust the management, you trust the front office that, hey, you know, we're not panicking because we know these guys are good, and, you know, it's still like a quarter into the season, so obviously we have plenty of time left, but you, you got to trust them. They're, they're starting to really gel together. It's all coming together. Mm-hmm. And two of the guys that they traded for in the past, what, six, eight months, uh-huh. pitched today and looked pretty good doing it. Yeah. And I, I like to make a point because last year in 2016, when they the Cubs started, April was the easiest part of their schedule, and they just blasted through that. It was like a hot knife through butter. Okay, But this year, apparently the Cubs had, up to this point, a top five toughest schedule in MLB. So to play so poorly for uh, by their standards and still end up after this uh, homestand four games above 500, that's amazing. And aren't they only a half game out of first now? Uh, if Milwaukee loses, they will actually be in first place and in a virtual tie with um, – with St. Louis. So if Milwaukee wins, they will be a half game out of first place, a virtual tie with St. Louis. But if Milwaukee loses, which they currently are to the Diamondbacks. First place Cubs, baby. Yeah, yeah, they will share first place with the Cardinals. Actually, no, the Cubs have a half game lead on the Cardinals at the moment. Oh, that's right, because they just won. Uh, If the Cardinals now lose to the Dodgers tonight – then the Cubs will have first place all to themselves. I believe. And I that's think the Dodgers works. can take the Cardinal. Uh, we'll see. Like the uh, Cardinals, unfortunately, uh, won on Wednesday night, so that was kind of annoying. Mm, always is when they win. Yeah. But what you gonna do, man? Like you know, the, the Cubs can only control what they can. And uh, what I really like in advance of this road trip so they're having a west coast road trip before coming back home again and so obviously the dodgers are playing really well and so you want your bullpen rested for that today the cubs got what they needed from both eddie butler and mike montgomery absolutely his first game out eddie butler pitched a gem against the cardinals six scoreless innings fantastic Second game out, not the best of conditions. It was wind was blowing like mad. It was pouring buckets. He only lasted three innings, but today he came. he rebounded, pitched great. Five innings of one run ball. I'll take that every time out, man. Yeah, and then uh, you would think that they pinch hit for him, and they didn't. Uh, I, I guess Joe wanted to see whether he. Still, he he wanted the option to keep Eddie Butler in for a sixth inning, but I think he made the wise decision in going to Montgomery, and Montgomery pitched four very effective innings against the Giants, and he got the save. A four-inning save. You yep. don't see that any t- anymore anywhere. 
And obviously this wasn't his first career save uh, because he had a save in the World Series. Wink, wink. A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Yes. But it's his first regular season save. And it was like an old school fireman save. It was like a Gaylord Perry save. So that that was great. I really yeah, enjoyed I'll take that. It. It's beautiful. Yeah. Hey, we got him for Dan Vogelbach, right? Uh, yes, yes, and Vogelbach. How, how is Vogel doing out there? He's been up and down between, I think, AAA Tacoma and Seattle. So they called him up a couple of times. He, you know, scuffles a bit at majors, and then he goes back to Tacoma, and he's like hitting the tar out of the ball against Pacific Coast League. But Vogelbach always had the potential for good power, so I think. Yeah, so that, it's looking like he might just be a 4A guy if he can't hit major league pitching? Well, if he can't hit, then he has no position because I think, you know, he, he can barely play first base and you definitely don't want him in the outfield. He's like a fire plug. So so <laughs> yeah. it, it's kind of tough to do that. But, you know, we always want, wanted to see the Cubs and the National League get the DH for guys like Schwarber and Vogelbach and... You know, now you only have room for one of those guys. But uh, now that Vogelbach is gone, you'd hope that uh, eventually the NA, uh, the MLB will or the National League will get that DH, right? You could hope. Yeah, but... it might not happen for a few years, but I, I think there's some momentum going for it. I was sure he was going to go through this last, this last um, contract agreement, but... Nope. Uh, I think they just have to get the owners to buy in and realize that, hey, you know what? We're paying these guys 20, 10, 15, $20 million a year to pitch for us. Maybe we don't want them to mess up their ankles on the bases or blow out an oblique because they're trying to swing for the fences. I mean, you can point to several different times when the pitcher got hurt running the bases. Or even just swinging the bat. I mean, didn't um, Ching Ming Wong like break an ankle? I, I think so, and that that was a while ago, and that's when the and Yankees. Breyer took a header over Marcus Giles, and yeah, that was the beginning of the end for him. Right. So it, it's a lot rougher for pitchers because their turnaround time on injuries is so much worse because. If, especially if it's an arm injury, you need a lot of time for that. Could it be your hero's moment? Could they somehow find a way? Will they rid us of these ghosts of shame? Hey, let's talk about the road trip. Do you see all the pictures of the Cubs dressing up like Anchorman characters and stuff? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Rizzo's my favorite, <laughs> but he's a he's a different cat himself, so he's always fun to watch. I think he has an afro. They said he was uh, supposed to play Starsky from Starsky and Hutch, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then CJ had like the 70s style afro with a with the open chest suit. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Uh, they got a couple of guys playing Champ. Champ from Anchorman. I don't. I don't know if they had a brick, but they definitely had Champ. 
I didn't actually see a Ron Burgundy, though. Brick killed a guy. Did you throw a trident? Yeah, there were horses and a man on fire, and I killed a guy with a trident. Brick, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. You should find yourself a safe house or a relative close by. Lay low for a while, because you're probably wanted for murder. No, but I'm not quite sure that uh, Bryant understood. Did you see what he was wearing? I think he was wearing the suit from Ellen, the the Ellen show that Ellen DeGeneres gave him uh, as a wedding gift. <laughs> the all-white suit with, like, Cubs logos all over it? I would wear that. It's a very nice suit. Yeah, but I'm not exactly quite sure that fits the Anchorman 70s suit. <laughs> he looks yeah. good in it, but I'm yeah. not quite sure that fits what Madden had in mind. Yeah. And uh, I believe that we got Lackey, Arietta, and Lester going in L.A. And then using the scrubs against the... Uh, the equally scrubby San Diego Padres. So that's, yeah, that should be a very good weekend series. I'm kind of excited about it. Did you see Koji Uihara? Oh, yeah, his suit was awesome, and he, he had a lot of, he, he had a lot of Instagram and Twitter photos, and it was just like, uh, it's a blue and white checkerboard, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is awesome. Yeah, the wife was, uh, we were watching a show, and then her phone went off because she follows everybody's Instagram on the Cubs. And Rizzo was tech doing an Instagram live, and you saw, like, you know, he's talking to Bryant and Koji, and he goes to Tim Buss, and Tim Buss has, like, a mustache and a pipe. And <laughs> they're all, like, having tons of fun on that plane. Oh, they always do. Yeah. I mean, that's just great. I love these these road trips because the players actually seem to enjoy it. Even sourpuss lackeys seem to enjoy them. Yeah, and I, I think this is really good for the sport and growing the sport because we're just like, let's see what these silly cubs are doing. And you know, Grandpa Rossi finished second and Dancing with the Stars. We 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 always thought he was gonna get kicked off every single weekend. He just kept persisting, and it was like so and crazy. And every week the judges were surprised. Yeah. Even though they'd praise him saying, you're the reason the show exists. Yeah. But how the hell are you still here? Well, he's he's not that good of a dancer, but he's not horrible, you see. He, he's been improving every single week. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Cub, well, um, Lindsay Arnold completely helped him. Uh-huh. I think she's grateful that she had David Ross as her partner because – the Cub fans, the Boston fans, the Auburn fans, every the Bulls. Scotty Pippen was even tweeting people out saying, "Hey, vote for this dude." Yeah. I don't know if without David Ross, how long she would have lasted. I mean, she's a fantastic person, fantastic dancer, but yeah. David Ross is probably the reason they got as far as they did with the millions of votes. He got them alone yeah. every week. Yeah, we talked about the rain earlier, but uh, they, yeah, every time it rains, they they have a David Ross montage on the scoreboard, and it's it's kind of hilarious how that works. And that right there was forty thousand some votes guaranteed. Yeah, with with all those fans. Yeah, that and was fun. Since can vote like ten times, five times each week, 
they probably got close to a million votes from just the fans <laughs> in the stadium. Oh my gosh, that that was uh, pretty crazy, and I, I think. Honestly, this was the very first time I had watched an entire season of Dancing with the Stars, and it was because of Dave Ross. Yeah, I'm so, sure a lot of a lot of baseball fans, well, Cub fans especially, watched for the first time and only time. Yeah. So I, I have to say that uh, the last maybe two or three podcasts ago, uh, Dreamcast ago, we kind of goofed. We said the Cubs went 29 games in a row, but the Knicks off day is actually on June 1st, and we totally flaked on that. So they're actually playing, like, what, 16 in a row? Yeah, and uh, then they have a day off, and then they have played 12 in a row. Yeah, so day that's off. not bad. I think they have 17 in a row after that, so it's not as bad as we thought. Yeah, so those I days off definitely. I don't know how are. I missed the June 1st day off. Oh, that's, that's probably because... calendars are kind of small. Yeah, when you go through that and then you look at June, and May has 31 days, so they end on May 31st, and then you just kind of assume that June 1st is the next day and you don't see the two, right? So that that's fine. Like, uh, we, we do like the part where they didn't actually violate the CBA or anything with the 29 games in a row. Uh, that's probably when our next podcast will drop. The Cubs went something like what seven and two this last homestand which is excellent that's everything you want from them like you know it's very hard to sweep a series and the fact that they won two series in a row and also uh the series in milwaukee as we said is to be determined because they're now tied 1-1 and the makeup games in july but uh they have a chance to basically retroactively win three series in a row and it, it seems like the Cubs are starting to figure themselves out, starting to incorporate Ian Happ into the mix, starting to figure out the rotation of players, and even the starters like Lackey, Arietta, and Lester Lackey had, you know, he gave up five runs, but overall it was a solid start. And Arietta had a great start last time around. Lester had a complete game, so... Those those things, those are great signs, and they didn't even have to use that many pitches to do it. Mm-hmm. And so they're getting ready to go on a six-game trip. West Coast trips usually suck because of all those night, late-night games. But there's only two of them for this trip. One's a Friday, which is fine. I can stay up all hours for that. And, and then the they have a, Tuesday, yeah. an early evening game on Saturday, a late afternoon on Sunday, late afternoon on Memorial Day. Then Tuesday there we had another late night game. Oh, that'll be fun. <laughs> oh yeah. And then it's a two forty game in San Diego, so it's not that bad this year. Yeah, I might be able to get home in time to watch the two forty game on Wednesday. That would be fun. Okay. And then we don't have to worry about late night games until August. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And they come back and play St. Louis, Miami, and Colorado. I'm guessing you'll be at a few of those. I'll be at the St. Louis games, for sure. Oh, wow. And then then uh, a few of the Colorado games, probably. Yeah. But the Miami ones are in the middle of the week. Did you sell those? Yes. We usually are able to sell all of our weeknight games. Uh-huh. So that's great. Still have a few in August we're trying to get rid of, but... Eh, we got months to do to do that. Okay. 
Well, uh, this is probably all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank Rich Deanna for giving us a song and being on our podcast last time around. Thanks, Rich. Yep, very awesome song. Very talented dude. Uh, There's a Facebook feature that allows us to designate a user to do live videos, and he does a lot of live videos, especially during important Cubs games, so maybe we could have him do that for us. He's still uh, one of our admins. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he said he would blog for us during the Los Angeles series when he's going to the Friday and the Sunday game. So that should be a lot of fun, too. So Fantastic. Thanks, first, Rich. Yeah, first time the Cubs have been playing in, like, what, 40, 50-something years without uh, Vin Scully. So that should be interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a completely different atmosphere. Yeah. Let's uh, thank Randall Sanders for the final out call. Grabbing it from the radio. Never can get tired of that. Oh, never. I have that as my ringtone. Ha! My text, so. Yeah. Swing a low bouncer. Yada, yada. Can't do it as good as uh, Pat Hughes, then. Heck, I, I'll even take Joe Bucks. I mean, I don't care who says it. No, he did a good call. It was like, uh, you know, he's Cardinals fan, yada, yada. He's overrated, blah, blah, blah. But he did a good call, and I think everybody appreciated that. Absolutely. I mean, every broadcaster would have loved to have made that call. Okay, you motherfuckers have to uh, help us with some emails. We need to make this a little more interactive. So, yeah, please email questions and comments to us. Yes, I need email so I can give out some of these bobbleheads. Yep. You can email us at worldseriesdreaming at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. At WSDreaming underscore Cubs. That's, That's the-, the official World Series Dreaming Twitter account. Yep, and I'm at Cubic Snarconia. Andy was supposed to join us today, but he had to go back to work. So that kind of sucked. We do have day jobs, and... We appreciate everything that you give to us. This is just, you know, one of those hobbies that we have. And so providing it to you guys for free, no advertising or anything, we just value interaction. And that's really what's most fun for us is being able to have a community where we can interact with a lot of uh, Cubs fans who are also as passionate about the team and baseball as we are. Absolutely. Any parting words, sir? Send emails, go Cubs, sweep the West Coast. All right. I guess we'll stay up late at night on Friday during the Memorial Day weekend and see if the Cubs can win another couple of series and keep their tenuous hold on first place. Yes. I'll be happy with a 4-2 trip. 4-2 sounds good. I, I think they can sweep the Padres, though, but we never know with those guys. Yeah. All right, thank you for listening to our World Series Dreaming Cubs Dreamcast. Bye, guys. It was more than just a game.